I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You don't think that it's time that somebody cared enough to have a dream? Why are you getting so upset? This is not about you. Yes, it is. You are a human affront to all women, and I am a woman. At some point, you gotta decide for yourself who you are. Can't let nobody make that decision for you. How do you go about getting an exorcism? I beg your pardon? Hi, this is Mark Kermode. Thanks for downloading this Kermode on Film podcast. I am here at the BFI South Bank and I'm delighted to be joined after many years of admiring her work by the great Debbie Tucker Green. Debbie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Mark. We're here because your new film, Ear for Eye, is premiering here at the London Film Festival a week on Saturday. And you've got a simultaneous premiere that it's playing here and it's also playing on BBC Two at the same time. So this is terrifically exciting. Um, Firstly, I have to say to you that I've been a huge admirer of your work ever since Second Coming came out. I reviewed it in The Observer and I had a massive battle with the editors at The Observer for the right to use your name in lower caps, which I lost. Wow. They insisted. <laughs> they, said, they said, no, if the surname has to be an upper cap, so Debbie Tucker Green, Tucker Tucker Green, all uh, that. Let's start by doing that. Why all lowercase? Okay. No, it's not, um, it's not like a big, a, big, a big deal in as much as like a huge reason, but it's just the kind of, with storytelling, for me, it's, as opposed to having, here's the title of the thing and here's who it is and there's a separation and then there's, it's, for me, it's just very much, there's a storytelling. This is the story, this is the person, and this is the ensemble. Do you know what I mean? So it's like... Um, very simple in my mind, but obviously causes wars in other rooms. I, you know, it's a might. It's not, yeah. It drove me How, nuts a bit, not least because I thought to, to she might read this <laughs> and go. This idiot doesn't even know it's, how I, I obviously having a stupid name like I have, I'm very concerned about getting people's names right. I was so yeah. mithered when they yeah. put capital it's, letters on it. It's, it's, it's strange how people uh, have fights about that. When there's bigger <laughs> things to have fights about, you know? Is it? Yeah. So, tell us about Ear for Eye, which began life as a stage production. For sure. Um, so, yeah, it was a play, I think, in 2018. Uh, we did it. And um, generally, I don't, you know, sort of look at my plays and think, oh, I'm, I must make a film of it or anything like that. So it was done. It was done and dusted. Uh, it, was, it was had quite a big cast. It was quite a big effort to get it on and get it on, you know, how you, how you want it. Um, and then, you know, life carries on and you can't, I'm kind of you know, working on other stuff. Uh, but it kind of, something was knocking at the back of my head about it and um, potentially uh, uh, another way to tell, for it to, to have another life in a, in a different genre. And it's not something I love to, you know, sometimes plays are plays, films are films, uh, and are written very, very different in genres, you do very different things. So, um, but it didn't leave me. Uh, and so I'd said to Fiona Lamptey, uh, uh, the producer, I said, you know, this, this is still rattling uh, in, in my head a little bit. And I think there's a way uh, that what's coming is something that's, that's absolutely film. And she said, fine, you know, go and write it, basically. <laughs> so I was like, all right, cool. That's, and that's how it started, just 
rethinking it totally for film. So how would you describe, so obviously I haven't seen the play, you don't I've need, seen you don't, the film. You don't need to see the play. Mm -hmm. The film is, uh, it's like a discussion between the past and the present about various forms of experience and resistance that we see done as uh, performed word, spoken word, dance, loads and loads of kind of very physical and I love the film, and I don't know the play at all. And I was watching it thinking, I can see how some of that would have worked on stage, but not all of it. So, firstly, how would you describe the piece? Listen, Mark, I don't even know, because it's... Um, <laughs> first of all, I'll say it's a film, and, and I'm glad, in a way, it's good that you haven't seen the play, because it's got to stand up as a film yeah. on its own merits. Um, and if you, you know, it's kind of funny, some of the language, whenever we're asked to, you know, write copy for it, me and Fiona were like, well, we just don't know how to describe, you know, it's... So if it sounds quite dry how it's been described in the past, because we've been like, we don't know, you know, even know how to quite say what it is. But I think there's something, what I was trying to do with it as a, as a film, um, there's a simplicity in, in, in its storytelling. So you have different generations and it's almost like snapshots of domestic lives. And sometimes it's, in some, some of it's domestic, some of it's not. But what I wanted visually was, you know, what I said to Lippi and to the designer is, is there's a version that could be um, very much, uh, um, I don't know how much to say before people see the film, um, very much box sets, very much naturalism, generally okay. and all that kind of thing, right? So, and we could have done it, COVID or no COVID, we could have, we could have done that. But for me, it wasn't that. Um, you, you get into the conversation, and, and rightly so, of if we're in a kitchen and we're in Brooklyn or London, you know, of course, what's the decor? What's it painted like? What's, how old is it? Where are we? Which is the, absolutely the correct questions. My thing was with this, what I wanted to do was strip that back visually. You have all that information that you'd be getting it from the cast, how they speak, how they interact, what their depth of field from their visuals to each other yeah, is. Yeah, so yeah. if we put them on a soundstage or we put them in a whatever size, you should know what they're acting within because they, they know as cast, we've rehearsed it and they know the, literally the geography of the room. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so for me, it was always visually, I don't say stripped, but visually, doing something slightly different, um, but it's still quite naturalistic. Some of the conversations are quite naturalistic, even if, you know, occasionally we play with language and stuff like that. So my thing was, you should be able to get the information from what that, those, those, those cast members and what's happening yeah, and yeah. what's being said. And also we can zip around. Of course, you know, you work with a cut with the films, you can zip around anyway, but it's, um, it was always in my mind, visually doing something uh, not 100% naturalistic, but we can play with time, we can play with, feel, tone, um, vibes, and all that kind of thing. So that's where, um, it, as a film, it started to get exciting and interesting for me. Uh, but it's actually quite, you know, I kept saying to, to, to Lucci, the, the DOP, and to Chris, the designer, you know, it's simple, it's simple, it's simple, but to try and make it look simple is harder than doing, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So yeah. there was a load of conversations around, all right, so then what do we do with, you know, light is super important, of course, but the specificity of, you know, yeah, time of yeah. day, season, where's the sun, what direction, where are we, what, what left, east coast, west coast, London, out of it, gentlemen, all of that suddenly became really kind of crucial to the time frame and the feel and the time of each different kind of, yeah. Them is still taking liberties, still taking mine. We still having to have the damn talk. Tonight. I said, 
give me a reason to not. I am absolutely serious about this. Sir. It's like that phrase about, you know, it takes a lot of practice to appear this unrehearsed. Yeah. For anything to, um, to, to appear like it's free-flowing. Yeah. The other thing that gives you that impression is because the piece does break into dance. Now, I've said this before about dance. I, what I, know, I know nothing about dance, mm. but I love it. I, I find it almost impossible mm. to talk about why I love it because mm. I don't know how to explain yeah. what it is doing. And yeah. my daughter is, and he is a dancer, and it just <laughs> drives her nuts. Can you say something about the role of dance in the piece? Yeah, there's um, um, sort of like the pre-existing clips that are in there. Yeah, yeah. 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 So that stuff was, what was interesting was about protests and how people um, use bodies differently for protest. So, you know, some people will march, some people might not march, some people may be at the front, some people might just want to dawdle at the back, some people may dance. Um, and uh, so it's all sort of, it, uh, interest in looking at how people place their bodies with protest and also on top of that how people may judge it or you know have different values of well, what's that what are you doing you know so where there's some footage pre-existing footage that we put in which is you know legit people were protesting with their bodies um was yeah it was just an exp a different expression of how people were gathering and how people were using themselves. But that's then echoed in the physicality of the performances because all the performances of all your cast, and it's a brilliant cast, they are all, they, you know, you say naturalistic, but they are choreographed performances. They are telling you the story as much with the way they stand or the way they move for sure, or, for sure. than what they say. Yeah, for sure. And a part of that was we had, you know, what I'd asked um, with the producers and kind of insisted on was that we have rehearsals ahead of shooting so we had two weeks not two weeks with all the cast but like everyone was in for a few days all the cast were in for a few days <clears throat> and so what they know and what they you know when they were you know audition or having you know this was given as you're gonna have to be in more than you think yeah because it's you know sort of all the homework of who are you where are you if you're a family unit let's get to the shortcuts which is body language um and so that just builds backstory before we even hit the set yeah. and so you've got those sort of three days with the cast or a little bit longer with the sun and it's absolutely building up those kind of um kind of backstories and just just relationships and people being in a room together you know and also this was peak i mean we're still in peak covid but it was peak covid do you know what i mean just suddenly being in rooms with each other um and you know how long have you been married who, who you know who, who proposed where did you meet? Yeah. all that kind of thing where none of that's kind of spoken of but it changes how you you interact with people non-verbally yeah, yeah, um yeah. and when you have that you know, is that an only child or have you got, is there another couple of siblings in the house or is this a snatch moment or is this a first time conversation? You know, it changes um, and informs people's physicality. And that, to me, particularly because we've stripped a load of other visual clues, yeah, yeah, yeah. that had to be 100% rooted in what the cast know and knew what they were doing. So, yeah. One of the things that's going on all the way through is this conversation between the past and the present about generational struggles, yeah. about what people now think they know and what people then. Now, my only sort of, you know, point of, of entry to this is, you know, you and I from very different backgrounds. When I was in Manchester, I was in a lot of, you know, political campaigns. Yeah. And, and so I have some knowledge of, you know, marching. And I have some knowledge of being on the other end of a conversation when somebody says, you people don't know what on earth you're <laughs> talking. You weren't there when we did the thing. And I found myself doing the same thing. You weren't there in the Thatcher years. Yeah. How dare you? Can you say something about the way in which that conversation manifests itself? Because it's very fluid in, mm. uh, in Ear for Eye. And yet it's, it's, 
sometimes becomes quite frantic. So it's, it's kind of, um, so we've got different generations, you've got parents, you've got kids, you've got elders, um, and it starts to, I wouldn't say slip and slides a little bit, the, the, in one of the characters, one of the older characters, I, I think if I can remember rightly, even the tents is slip and slide and change, um, you know, was, is, yeah. and all that kind of thing, and visually it plays with time and seasons and things, do you know what I mean? So, um, so there's stuff that's kind of, uh, um, how can I put it? There's stuff that's kind of thrown up, cards are kind of thrown up in the air and you see, you know, some of the younger ones' uh, energies. And it's not that people are criticizing necessarily their energy, but there's also kind of But they a, are. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't know, they're just kind of like, you know. <laughs> so it's, there's stuff there that, you know, audience can take from it what they want. So that's kind of, you know, and then you have, like, okay, do you, do you, how, what's your physicality when you're even processing? Well, even if you don't process, that's, you know, how valid is that? You do yeah. other things. Um, and the frustrations and, and, you know, and then folks kind of potentially tired of the repetition or how much movement has been made. So, you know, for me, it's kind of thrown up in the air and, um, see, you know, with some characters it lands, some, some characters it stays up in the air and it's for the audience to then you know, take from yeah. it what they, what they want. When they told me to stop speaking, so I stopped speaking, and the second of the six who had cuffed me smiled, saying my silence could be used against me in a court of law. When they challenged me to say something, I said nothing. When they provoked me to say something, I said nothing. When they, when they mocked me to speak, provoking me to get a reaction, I said nothing. They in my face said nothing, said nothing, I said nothing. They daring me to say anything, to do something, to do anything. And when I still say my nothing, they challenged me, agitating me, goading me, taunting me, mocking me, saying my nothing. And when I didn't react to anything, they baiting me to do something, do something, say something, say anything. And when I did react, they said I was resisting arrest. You talk about this with great joy and enthusiasm. What are you like as a director? What do you like on set? Now, right, so Ellen, your friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ellen Lee Jones, co-presenter of a fabulous new Radio 4 programme, coming to your radios very soon. It's all right for me to put that in, isn't it? It's my show, I can do whatever I want. Yeah, OK, fine. Yeah, yeah she asked me the same question. And I'm I sorry. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm going to give you the same answer. I okay. would say you have to ask somebody who I'm working with. I think, you know, I'm all right. You know what I mean? It's kind of, you know, it's kind of... Um, you know, when, when, whether it's auditions or talking to folks about what it is. Um, with this one, was interesting because visually, I'm having to speak more to folks to try and get them to just kind of see what I see. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had, you know, the technical stuff, we had previews and all that kind of thing. But by that point, you know, people have signed a contract, they're on board. Do you know what I mean? But it's kind of, you know, speaking to folks um, and just say, you know, in, in this, uh, you know, we know what film can do, uh, naturalistic and all that kind of thing, but, but also, I would repeat the same thing in the bigger thing. We know what film can do, right? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, Which, for the listeners, you just did whilst putting your arms <laughs> out to the side to, to explain to the, 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 the larger, the larger size. Yeah, yes. you know, so, um, so just sort of t talking folks through that. And, um, but, you know, and also the, the, the script itself. So how am I as a director? I'm, I'm gonna, hopefully I'm all right. Uh, but it is, you know, and also putting, putting the work in and then saying to the, to, the, to the cast and the crew, you know, this is going to be... Um, cast are going to be busier than you think because you might read and think oh, I've got I don't know six, seven, eight, ten pages but within those pages you know if there's overlapping dialogue uh, you're going to have to learn it yeah. be because yes we can edit it yes we can overlap in post and all that kind of thing 
but there's something about the rhythm and the beauty of people interrupting each other. But it's very, very, very precise. Yes. But then to make, to learn it so it doesn't sound like you've learned a precision kind of exercise, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It takes a lot because then they've got to relax into it and then they've got to feel it and then it's got to be, this is exactly the point where you start to overlap. Um, so, you know, to, you know, talk to the guys and, and sometimes people were kind of like, yeah, I get it, I get it, you know. Um, well, most of the time, you know, people get it and that's, so it has an energy. And, and even if folks are kind of like, you know, we've just dropped the trailer and, um, and I forgot, it's the first time the cast have seen anything, you know. Oh, they haven't seen the film? They hadn't seen the film. Wow. Before the trailer dropped. So, you know, so people were like buzzing up and just like, yeah, we thought we knew, you know, kind <laughs> of thing. So that was, that's been really... But you see, really I, nice. think that's, I think, think that shows a great deal of trailer. I mean, I have no idea, I'm not an actor, but yeah. I imagine if I was an actor in something, the, I, would, I would be like, show me, I need to see everything. Yeah. I need to see what do I look like? Yeah. What do I, what's yeah. it, you know, how does yeah. it look? And that yeah. idea of the first thing you see is the trailer, yeah. that's really quite <laughs> scary. Yeah, you know, and, and, it's, and, and I suddenly, re, you know, it's a real, a real realisation and remembering of, okay, yeah, they hadn't seen... Um, and also partly with COVID, you know, we couldn't really have sort of gatherings of folks oh, sure. even coming into the edit and stuff like that. So, so that, that was kind of interesting. And, you know, and, but, you know, nuts and bolts are, here's a piece, I, you know, we'll audition and see if you're the right person for the part. And anyway, we're just getting the words out, I mean, in the character stuff. Um, but people seem to get it. And also it comes down to, you know, some quite simple stuff of, well, like I say, mum, dad, kid, or, you know, you'll be talking to this group of people here. This is, you know what I mean? So it's actually the kind of, again, I think it's, it's still storytelling. It's just um, explaining maybe more about the visuals that are, yeah. are, are less naturalistic than, than, than others. Mm-hmm. How did the Barbara Broccoli thing come about? Because, I mean, obviously, we're, we are talking in the wake of the Bond movie opening. Lashana Lynch is in the movie she and is. Barbara Broccoli's name is on the movie. You're going, OK, so how did that how happen? How did that happen? <laughs> yeah, so Barbara um, is one of our execs. Uh, and I have to shout out to the other execs as well, because Barbara's getting... <laughs> Uh, her name is that. So we've got also Rose Garnet and and, and Bahana Buna uh, from BFI, and uh, and um, so Barbara uh, had so for the play, there's a section of the film that was in we shot that was in the play, yeah, uh, and it was shot as a as a film. So at the time I, when I was speaking to the theatre, I was like, look, it's there is a version you can do, gen- and genuinely no shade, you can do it with an iPhone and because it's. Yeah. However, um, this version is it's a film, it's a short film. So with all the heavy lifting of a short film, which is pretty much similar to a feature, do you know what I mean? It's a separate unit, it's a separate producer, yeah. it's a separate what have you. Um, and at that stage, um, you know, sort of like conversation of who, and, my, and one of the first names that I had was Barbara. Um, and we'd sort of crossed paths slightly before. Yeah. Um, and um, just kind of seeing, kind of, you know, her, she's kind of, um, I, don't, I don't want to speak for Barbara at all, but... Oh, go ahead, speak, no, 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 speak no, no, for a no, no, Bond no, producer. No. I think it's really impressive. <laughs> no, 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 you know, what, 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 I, what I was looking for, what I was kind of looking for was somebody who would... Uh, uh, who can think slightly out of the box. Um, and uh, and she, 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 she got it from the get-go. Um, so Fiona Lamptey also produced, because Fiona was yeah. producing short films at that point with Fruit Tree Media and I was like well this is a short film it's gonna end up in a you know a play uh, but it is a short film yeah. so Fiona came on board and Barbara came on board at that point so when I was um, talking to Fiona first of all about trying to do you know a film version um, it was from again Fiona was the first person I went to and the second name that I was like was like Barbara you know and there's no guarantee that she'd be interested do you know what I mean but 
um, just because, yeah, she kind of uh, got it. So that's, that's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. For a project like this, I mean, I know this, I don't want to over-egg this, yeah. but for a project like this to have Barbara Broccoli's name attached and to have LaShawn Lynch, who is on everybody's screen, like literally if we look over there, <laughs> there is the BFI IMAX, which, is, in which she'll be on three times a day, 40 foot high. Sure. Does, that, does that help people coming to see Ear for Eye? Um, does that help them? I mean, will, will, it, will, it draw an, you know, will it draw well, an audience that it might not have got otherwise? I suppose, you know, potentially won't hurt uh, obviously it's a very different kind of film I mean what's interesting with someone like Shana as well just um, we'll come back to your question yes, go was, you know what's great is she's put the, she put the hours in do you know what I mean as you know she's done theatre she's done she's worked away and, and she's a grafter so when we were doing this um, and uh, just coming back to that whole sort of language thing and people having to learn little you know chunks and stuff her and Dimitri pretty, learned the whole thing you know, and I was saying, you don't have to learn it all because it's just those moments that are really kind of busy. And they were, <laughs> were in and we were grafting, they were in. And I was like coming in looking for, you know, a little office to do some work as we were shooting. And obviously everything was really COVID kind of secure. So we would know yeah, who's yeah. in the facility and all that kind of thing. And he'd open the door and there's Lashana and Dimitri just drilling lines, <laughs> drilling lines. And um, it became a little bit of a running joke. But actually what it did do was pretty much what you see is off book. They could just yeah, turn yeah, it out, yeah. turn it out. And what you get, so then there's a flow of, this kind of interruptions and, the, and ebbs and the flows and the kind of energy around it. So, no, what's great? I mean, Lashana said, you know, she, she was doing, um, she, in between the play and this, you know, she'd done some films. And even when we were doing the play, she was coming back from the States. And I think she just done Marvel. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's great watching her career for a start. Yeah. And um, the, you know, the overlap of, I think Lashana's spoken of it, of, of you know, she did EFI, Barbara was attached to that, did, you know, Barbara seeing her on the EFI and then, you know, one kind of blew up. It's fantastic. You know, from, from, from my point of view, go, and like I say, you know, like we just said off mic, she's holding her own in those massive franchises. Oh, yeah, no, do you she, know what I mean? So for me, it's, it's like, do your thing and it's, it's, it's great. And, w- you know, will it help the film or not? I, I, I'm not an idiot, but at the same time, I kind of don't really think in them terms because one or two very different films. Obviously, you know, somebody might be like, oh, that's the woman that was in Bond and she's in this 
Um, but my thing is, you know, the film has to stand on its own. Anyway, yeah, yeah. I mean? Two armed teenagers shooting unarmed teenagers at their same One school. One really was depressed, probably clinical. Actually, he wrote a manifesto. And the other? You know, I think... Was a bit sad, was he? Drew a picture of intent on a post-it? I'm really starting I'm, to You know, think. really, I'm just trying starting to... Starting to think to... I'm just... I don't know why... I'm why just... You, why make, you're not taking this seriously. I'm taking this as seriously you're as even a, here. Why are you here? I am absolutely serious about this. Sir. Do you have good memories of um, doing Second Coming? I loved Second Coming, and I don't. And I said I'm, I'm not a theatre person at all, yeah. so I'm afraid I haven't seen your stage work. But I saw, so I saw Second Coming as a first feature by somebody yeah. whose work I didn't know, and yeah. I loved that film. I reviewed yeah. it in the Observer, and I've talked about it quite a lot. Thank you. Um, on you know we did a program Secret of Cinema, which I went on about. Do you have good memories of it? Yeah, you know, it's funny because I um, don't normally, uh, I, even this morning I thought, let me just watch some of Second Coming because in case I'm asked about it because I haven't seen it for years. Um, yeah, I was watching, I was like, yeah, it's, it stands up. So I do, it, um, you know, as film, filmmaking is hard work, but yeah, I, you know, it was kind of like, again, I, I remember saying about that, it was like, I thought it was very simple, the premise. And there's, you know, all sorts of people are kind of like chin scratching it. <laughs> But yeah, there was good Okay, memories. so tell me. This is, oh, I'm not going to tell you. No, 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 I'm going to ask you this. Since we're speaking honestly, so I wrote a review of it. Did you read the review that I wrote? Um, I generally can't remember because I don't look the reviews. Okay. I get pushed reviews for okay. films. So go on. No, 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 I was going to say, mm-hmm. I, the fact that you, you don't remember, which, I was going to say, did I, was I guilty of chin stroking? What did you say? I said I really liked it. I said I thought it was really great. That's all right. it was really, it no, no, really, no, but people were chin stroking at the end. Do you know what I mean? And, and like, which is fine. Do you know what I mean? So well, yeah, I can't you know, what you said. I what I said, well, I've, I've said a number of things about okay. it, but one right. of the things I said was what I loved was that it's, it's ambiguous all the way through yeah. and that that's the point about it is that I love the ambi- I love the fact that you can read it as a completely straightforward story about a woman who is pregnant and comes to believe or yeah. maybe that she yeah. is pregnant because she, she is pregnant with the second yeah. coming or maybe that's not true. Maybe mm-hmm. she's fallen out with her husband. We never know. And the point is you don't need to know and the ending has a sort of wonderfully sort of epiphany-like quality to it, if you want it to. Or it's just a, a nice flourish. That's what I said. That's cool. Was that right? That's cool. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't sit at home steering over your reviews? No. Do you read reviews generally? Generally, no. Why no. not? It's not a point. So um, what I was saying to... Uh, Ellen, Ellen. It's, it's tricky. Yeah, no, it's tricky with film because what I didn't realize was you get pushed, like the production company will push, push reviews to you. Whereas in theatre, I can just swerve it. You know, it's not the point. My thing is, um, is to you know do the work, and, and I'm trying to be as true to the characters and the piece, and you know you put all the sweat into that, and and stand by it. So what? Um, it's not like an arrogance. <laughs> you know, people people pay their money to whether it's you know if they want to come and whether it's a play or whether it's a film you know i don't take it lightly if people want to come and, and watch it sure. right on top of the ticket you're paying your voice to things to get in or however much whether you're coming in for your petrol if you can get petrol your petrol to get in whatever so i don't take it lightly that people are going to come and see the thing so that to me is um audiences first and foremost that's okay. that's for them to and the reviews that's you know that's the part of the will but it's not my 
Um, okay. No, but that's. I think it's very healthy to avoid them in general. I can't. Yeah, so yeah. It's not like a, I'm not having like a, like a massive thing about it. I just don't. It's not my priority. No, no. I, well, yeah. I think I think yeah. that is healthy. Part of me thinks, oh, she didn't read me being nice about her work, and part of me is slightly hurt. But then that's because <laughs> that's because I'm desperately fragile. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I couldn't remember. <laughs> At the time, it might have been the production company pushing stuff. No, I'm no, like, no. oh, okay, cool, yeah. cool, but I don't know who, you know. So. What about awards and things? I mean, you know, Olivier's and that sort of yeah. stuff. How much has that changed your career? And for, pe- for people listening who can't see, you just pulled a face which was like... <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, you know what, I kind of um, generally try and keep life simple, you know, and um, when I'm working, when I'm writing or if it's, if it's directing, it's really trying to keep it just about, like I say, being honest with these characters that are running in my head and if it's going to be produced, fantastic. And then it's, you know, the, the, the graft of doing it. So at the, you know, uh, awards and stuff, I'm not, I'm not like no shade or not, you know, but that's not the point for me. Okay. So you don't have your awards like in your house, on the wall? They're not on the wall. They're, in, they're in the house, they're not on the wall. Where's the Olivier? <laughs> oh, it's in a, um, so I was doing some, um, <laughs> doing some, there was some work being done in the house, so the Olivier's, uh, it's, it's kind of in a, a cupboard thing, but <laughs> someone came around my house. I'm like, really? And I was like, but I was doing some work. <laughs> I mean, so it's at the moment it's kind of in a cupboard on a yeah down there somewhere. Okay. But, uh, yeah. It's not the point. Like I said, not not disrespecting at all, but it's it's the point is the work. Okay. okay. I have a Sony Award, and it's literally on the shelf in my house. Oh, when you go in, yeah, it's like the first thing you see when you go in. It's like your mirror. It says, I've got an award. <laughs> Actually, I've got two, and they're next door to each other. So just so people know, award-winning journalist. <laughs> Who wrote a very good review yeah. of Second Coming? Ah, you listen, haven't read. No shame. No shame. <laughs> so, what would you, if you were trying to, if you were sort of saying to an audience what they might expect, an audience that hasn't seen the stage show, you don't obviously. Have to see the stage show. Fine. Mm-hmm. So, what would they expect from Ear for Eye? You know what? I, I would say it's like a different thing. If you want to come, yep. come, open your mind, come with an open mind and see what you make of it. Okay. And are you nervous at all about it? What people think. Yeah, about it, the, you know, because you know, it's a big premiere. Oh, the yeah, no, I will, is a big deal. I will, I will be. Yeah, it's normally like I said to, to off mic. It, it's at the moment. It's, there's, there's quite a lot of stuff. Do you know what I mean, and sort of bits and stuff. We're still still getting done. The film is done. Don't get me wrong. That's done. But there's other stuff. Um, so at the, mo- the moment, it's a little bit of like a head's a bit scrambled. But um, no, no, no. I'll you know when when audience if. And audiences come, do you know what I mean? That's, I do get nervous. So. Well, people, I'm sure people will come. As I said, it's a week on Saturday here at the BFI South Bank, and it's simultaneously on BBC Two. And I think my own suspicion is it'll be really well received. I thought it was a thrillingly exciting piece. I really, really enjoyed it. And I've actually watched it a couple of times because the first time round, there's a lot in it that I didn't get until the second time round. So I would, it's, it's really nice that people, even if they see it here at the BFI, they will be able to almost yeah. go straight home and watch it yeah. again, which I think is a, you know, is a really important thing. I kind of closing thing. I had been told in advance that you don't like doing interviews, but you've been like, you know, perfectly. What's so? What's the? What do you not? Do you not like talking about? Because you've just spoken very fluently and eloquently for you know however long it is. What? What do you not like? You could do this for a living, Debbie. (laughs) No, (laughs) Um, no, I don't like. um, I just don't like it. (laughs) And there's no, no, nothing personal. I don't like. I don't really like talking about stuff. Because um, the work should speak for itself. I feel sorry, yeah, the work is there to speak for itself, you know? And it's hard for me, uh, like, yeah, it's, it's kind of in a simple way, that's, that's kind of it. 
Okay. Well, look, it's been a pleasure speaking to you about it. I'm so thrilled to have met you after all these years because I've been That's a cool. big, big fan ever since Second Coming. Love the new film. I Thank wish you. you all the success with it. Thank you. And, you know, hopefully we can do another interview further on in the future and it will be as much fun <laughs> as this has been for you. Thanks ever so much You're to Debbie, Debbie Tucker Green. Thank you. Well, there we go. That's my conversation with Debbie Tucker Green. You can see the film at the London Film Festival. Uh, a week on Saturday in the evening. You can also watch it on uh, BBC Two. If you've enjoyed this podcast, remember to subscribe, tell your friends, go to our Patreon page, we've got lots of video extras, all the usual stuff. Stay safe, keep watching the stars. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.